Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Coming to you from a bunker in the Pacific Northwest, this is Mikey. And Carly. And this is the Midnight Picture Show. Fair listeners. <laughs> Hello, fair listeners. Hello, fair listeners. What's up? <laughs> First episode after Halloween. How was everyone's Halloween? I'm Good, I'm guessing. I'm candy drunk. You're candy drunk. Yeah. That's just sugar rush, I guess. Yeah. Halloween was good. I ran out of candy at 7 p.m. Um, so, yeah. I with, ran around the neighborhood, not by choice. With but the child. To chase a four-year-old. Chase a four-year-old. <laughs> Amongst the neighborhood, yes. So here we are, fair listeners. Um, so, like I said at the end of the last episode, we... You know, basically, since we started this podcast, we've kind of been dabbling in the horror-adjacent, yes. gore-filled realm of horror yes. and all that creepy stuff. Um, the full title of this podcast is Midnight Movies and Cult Classics. And so a lot of the movies that we have tackled so far are... Yes, it's true. They are midnight movies yep. and or yep. cult classics. <laughs> right, right. But I think it's, it's you know, we're getting it's... a little closer to Thanksgiving and the holidays. So I was going to say, hey, why not take a break yeah. from the gore for a minute? But it'll be back. Oh, well, I mean. My, our Thanksgiving episode. I think I know what it is. I'm not going to say it yet. <laughs> but our Thanksgiving episode. Because I think every year for Thanksgiving, you say how you want to watch this particular movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the year it's happening. <laughs> no, I mean, going off what you're saying, like, the podcast is, yes, like, primarily when you think of midnight movies and cult classics, you think of stuff like Night of the Living Dead, Evil Dead, um, Sleepover Massacre. But from the beginning, you and I have talked about this also including movies like Clerks, The Room. The Room. Um, the Room. The Room. Well, so that uh, brings Which is our us, movie for today. Yes, that brings us to this episode. <laughs> I drew a blank. I was like, The Room, because that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we here we are, first Friday in November, episode number 16, and we are talking about a little gem <laughs> called The Room. And uh, this movie here, The Room, is from 2003. I always think 2005. I, I, you know, I, I always know forget why. how old it is. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I just well, I forget honestly, when I started kind watching of, it. It's kind of ageless, except for how they dress. But, yeah, so, so this movie that we're examining today from 2003 holds a stunning 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. I actually would expect it to be higher... Like, for the irony. Because, yeah. <laughs> and it also holds a prestigious 9% on Metacritic. Oh, my god! Ouch. Yeah, right? So, uh, The Room. Uh, I, the, I was introduced to this movie uh, in college. And it, it was brought to my attention through uh, a little channel adjacent <laughs> called Adult Swim. Maybe you heard of it. Yeah. And so they used to do every year, they started doing this thing where they would play The Room for April Fool's Day. Yes. And I I can't, I stumbled across it one time because I saw the tail end of it. And I was like, what the hell is this? And so uh, me and Carly watched it. Well, and, and we Tim were, and Eric. 
That was after. It had been going for a couple of years. I didn't see the room until Tim and Eric because I was like, who the freak is this weird guy yeah, saying had pig it, man? Yeah, we watched. We, <laughs> and, so, then we, and then I watched it. Yeah, the, because that was the, you know, that kind of like 2007, 8, 9 oh where gosh, like weird yes. random humor was the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's still, yeah, still yeah, kind of. Depending on your age. <laughs> and so that was the kind of humor that Adult Swim did. And so... Uh, yeah, we came across that and I was like, what the hell is this? And so the more we learned about the movie, the more we watched it, we eventually got a DVD copy of, of it. Of course. It became the kind of drunken thing to watch amongst don't our friends. You don't even be. have to be drunk. Oh, no, we introduced all our friends to it. We introduced all our friends to it. It was a fun little, let's have a couple of drinks and watch literally the worst movie ever. Yeah, it's the worst movie ever made. Yeah, and so anyone who like knows us knows that The Room holds a special place in our it hearts. It does. That being said, let's just jump into the autopsy report. All right, so there's a lot to unwrap about this movie. I don't want to spend too much time, although it is daunting, because there's there's so many little nooks and crannies, not necessarily about the movie itself, but the production of the movie. And the the most poignant eccentric person involved with this mm -hmm. is it's is the creator is the creator uh written this movie is written produced executive produced <laughs> directed by the legendary now tommy wiseau is that how it said that's actually tommy wiseau um so he actually has a very this enigmatic person he is he has a very secretive past uh in his early life in in many interviews once the room kind of gained this cult status people were interested like where do you come from he's so weird he is very odd he has a strange accent that's very difficult to place i don't think it exists anywhere so uh in early interviews he claimed to be from france a long time ago air quotes <laughs> long time ago he didn't give a date Right. He claims to also have grown up in New Orleans. What? Having an, quote, air quotes, entire family in Louisiana. I mean, he could have a really, really bizarre Cajun accent. Absolutely not. <laughs> they get to the bottom of this. Oh, okay. the, there is an answer to this. Okay. In the 2016 documentary, Roomful of Spoons, which was created yeah. solely for this, the director claims to have researched Wiseau's background and trace his roots to poland he oh, okay. tommy wiseau uh later admitted in a later interview that he is from europe and that uh but that was a long time ago and he's okay. proud to be an american that's okay. what he says well, all right, yeah, okay. right. so um that's kind of where uh the story of his his origin his origin story if you will and it kind of makes sense why people would be really interested in his origin yeah Really, like he looks unusual. Shrouded in mystery. He is. Guy. He looks unusual, and his accent is unlike anything I've ever heard. Right. The budget for the room when it was made was six million dollars. How does he have that kind of money? The funding for the movie was always a shrouded was always shrouded in mystery. Tommy claims to have amassed a fortune through entrepreneurship and real estate development in LA and San Francisco. Many of the people involved with the film 
feared that the movie was a part of a money money laundering scheme. Yeah, hundred percent. Like because that sounds if, so sketchy. Like, I mean, if you look him up, like I don't. We don't have enough time. <laughs> In in the day to go through this, but fair listeners, if this is something that interests you, I I implore you, please look up Tommy on Wikipedia or anything because there are he has apparently held every job in in the, in the known world. Uh-huh. I mean, he has the most insane backstory, and and a lot of these none of these can really be backed up. It's all just word of mouth, and it's like. He's done everything. He's been everywhere. He's, uh, you know, an enigma wrapped up in a conundrum. A conundrum, uh, doing a Rubik's cube in the corner. Ooh. It's crazy. Now let's just uh, go to the two main actors. Uh, there are a few, uh, you know, side characters here and there, but the two main actors uh, for the two main characters, which is Mark and Lisa. So Mark uh, is important, uh, played by Greg Sestero. Born in Walnut Creek, California. This is a really cool story I found out about him. Oh, all right. When he was 12 years old, he wrote a sequel to Home Alone. He wrote a sequel (laughs) called Home Alone 2 Lost in Disney World. What? He submitted the screenplay along with a movie poster, hand-drawn, and soundtrack suggestions to Hughes Entertainment, John Hughes Uh Production Company. John Hughes was so impressed (gasps) by this he wrote Greg a letter commending him for his hard work. <gasps> this single-handedly inspired him to Lost want to be in an New actor. York? Oh, okay. Um, so Greg met Tommy Wiseau in uh, acting class in 1998. They became friends, and Tommy wanted him to be involved in some way in this stage play turned movie he was writing. Stage play. That's well, that kind of makes sense. That's what he called it the room because it took place in one room. One room. So he wanted Tommy wanted him to be part of the movie. Greg did not want to be part of the movie, (laughs) but he agreed to help Uh. uh, only with casting. Uh. Um, But Tommy basically had ulterior motives because other plans. The current guy who was playing Mark, he did not want to play Mark. So the goal was to push this guy out and get his friend Greg to play Mark. So that's kind of where that was. Tommy Shady Wise Owl. Wise Owl, Wise Owl, whatever. We've always said Wise Owl. Wise Owl. So the next character uh, is Lisa, played by Juliet Danielle. But her full her name, name is Juliet. It, her full name is Juliet Danielle Warden. So she, her acting name, her stage name was Juliet Danielle. All right. From. Fort Smith, Arkansas, originally, she moved with her sister and mom to L.A. in the early 2000s. She decided to pursue acting. Aside from a student short film, The Room was her first acting gig. To this day, she embraces The Room fandom and attends midnight screenings when possible and is very active with fans on her Facebook page. That's amazing! Um, I started following her on Instagram and just kind of looked at some of her pictures and stuff. And she's like an incredibly positive person. Good for her. She lives in, where does she live now? She lives in Texas now to be closer to her family. But like just seeing the kind of stuff like her and her dad, like cook food for homeless people. Her dad used to be a firefighter and he learned how to cook in the firehouse. And so she's really cool. And, and there's so many things that when people approach her with like really weird scenes and stuff from the room, she has a very good sense of humor about good. it. And good for so, her. um, she totally, I mean, if you can't laugh it. at yourself, you're right. 
So uh, the synopsis here is, uh, I mean, this is the most truthful synopsis ever because <laughs> it kind of points out where this movie goes wrong. <sighs> one of the many places. Johnny is a successful banker who lives happily in a San Francisco townhouse with his future wife, air quotes, future wife, they Lisa. never say fiance. No. Not once. Not once. I have a theory about that. Oh, interesting. Okay. One day, inexplicably, she gets bored of him and decides to seduce Johnny's best friend, Mark. Nothing will be the same again. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I think, I feel like maybe whether he's from France or Louisiana or or Poland or Eastern Europe, wherever the hell. I have a theory that Maybe he can't say the word. Well, I have a, a theory that he thinks that fiance is too is not like an American way of saying fiance. Oh, okay. So he says like future wife. Yeah. Because maybe that's in his mind how Americans talk. Because like huh. British people don't. Some British people don't know that Americans don't say posh. Oh, that's true. Like yes. if like I've heard right. a lot of British people mm-hmm. imitate Americans and they're like, but they'll oh, still say so, posh. Oh, you guys are so posh. I'm Yo, like, bro, we, we don't, don't say, say posh. I don't even know. <laughs> like don't posh even spice. know. Posh spice is the last time <laughs> America time has I've ever said, said that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, notable scenes. I know you I have, have theories. theories. We, we, we got to so keep on track with the, the theories. We should go over the s- notable scenes first because mine encompass the whole movie. The whole movie. The movie as a whole. So yeah. um, the movie starts pretty abruptly with a very gratuitous sex scene. Yeah. Obviously, there's no, like, you don't see any, like, genitals, things like that. Well, I mean, if you did, then you would know that it was on her freaking sternum. Yes. So <laughs> so that's the thing is, this movie, it's... You could tell that it's very a hodgepodge of quickly thrown together, you know, bits and pieces yeah. with an incredibly large budget, which I heard <laughs> in an interview, a large portion of that budget was actually wasted. Because he had various people behind the cameras that were telling him to use different cameras in different film. So he had conflicting information. Mm -hmm. So instead of choosing one, he went out and just purchased new cameras and rolls and rolls and rolls of new film. He just had, I guess you could say, like, misguided trust. Like, instead of looking at instead of researching it himself... He just was like, well, yeah, you're in Hollywood. You know what you're, know talking, you're about. talking about. You know everything. You're yeah. the expert, Mark. <laughs> right. You're the expert, cameraman. <laughs> and and also, when it came to set pieces, instead of uh, doing exterior shots mm-hmm. in in free mm-hmm. places, mm-hmm. they he had them build those walls where they played football in the alleyway. Get out. Yes. How many Wasted alleys money. could he have just gone to? That's ridiculous. Wasted money. So... So that's the kind of thing. So there is a, I, I I always the sex scenes in this movie always stand out to me because they just seem so inappropriate. And by inappropriate, I mean not appropriate for the story, because the first oh, sex yeah. scene, yeah, yeah. Tommy comes home, Johnny comes home. I mean, they're basically the same. <laughs> Tommy is Johnny. Tommy is Johnny. Johnny is Tommy. I mean, uh, Johnny comes home from work, throws some roses at his future wife, Lisa, and gives her a gift box of a beautiful red dress that she immediately puts on. And they go upstairs and they have a sex romp. And it's the most awkward thing because it's so fast in the beginning of the movie. There's literally it's no buildup. And it's boobs. It's it's boobs. And he's like sprinkling f- like rose petals on her. Wow. And then there's this like music 
this like sensual kind of like so like like slow jazz music uh-huh. in the back. Okay, so once that scene is over, it you know I guess it's supposed to be interpreted that they have a very active love life that They're their sex smitten. is amazing. They are just deeply in love. Well, the next scene while Tommy's at work, Johnny's at work. Sorry, <laughs> it's the same guy. I mean. Yeah, it's interchangeable. it's interchangeable. When when Johnny's at work, Lisa immediately calls his best friend and has this very awkward conversation. Is like, "Hey, you should come over." And he's like, "Oh no, I'm busy." And she's like, y- "You owe me one." Like, there's what does he owe? There's no background. Yeah. There's you don't see any of this. So he comes over, and it's it's noted that he is Johnny's best friend. Johnny and Mark are friends. Mm-hmm. And he's my best friend. My best friend. How can you make me do it? He's my best friend. And so he comes over and, <laughs> and Lisa does has a very, very does a very bad job of mm-hmm. seducing mm-hmm. him. And then they wind up having sex on the stairs. Oh, so very uncomfortable. uncomfortable. But again, this is inappropriate because the song that they were playing. It shows their sex in a good light. It does. Not as it's like on the same an level. Affair. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like storytelling wise, it's on the same level as the sex that they she had with Johnny. The, the sex she had uh-huh. in the quote unquote like marital like bed, the marital, right. The the approved mm-hmm. you know, approved relationship. Mm-hmm. But later on, Johnny and Lisa have sex again, and it's basically just leftover cuts. I think it's just leftover from the footage. big extended yeah. sex because she's from all the, the same jewelry. Same jewelry. Yeah. There's there's even the same freaking roses yeah. stuck to her yeah. back. Yes, that you're you know? when the first time you see, you're like, oh my god, what's on her back? That, what is that lump? <laughs> um. So so there's that. Uh, and, and just the the sex scenes are just they're uncomfortable to watch because. You know, Tommy Wiseau, his body so is so weird. weird. It's like, it's like someone. It's like muscular, but muscular, lumpy. but lumpy. It's like he has, it's like skin draped over muscle. There's no, <laughs> there's no tissue. There's no tissue. It's yeah. like, you could see, I don't know. He, I don't want to hate on the guy because he is weird enough as it is. It, well, you know, and he's but, clearly physically fit. Like, yeah, he's, right. He's, he's not built well. Yeah. It's just. He just has an interesting body. Interesting. He's Where you see different. Go, we would be remiss if we didn't mention all these kind of weird side characters. That's... Oh, man. I feel like if they eliminated all the side characters, this entire movie would be like not even a, a half scene? hour. It would like, be a it scene. Would be, it wouldn't even be a one act. It'd be yeah. a scene. It was, it was insane. Like, you have Denny, who is the orphan boy. Not Danny. Not Danny. Danny. Denny. Den- like Denny's. Like Denny's. Like the, the pancake spot. Yeah. And uh, he lives with them, kind of. He, I don't Johnny understand. pays for his own, his apartment. But, but I don't know where the apartment is. Right. It's very weird. It's very weird. Um, And then you have the two friend characters, Michelle and Mike. And Mike is like some kind of college like dumb student. jockey type college student. And Michelle is she cute. Uh, she's cute. And I guess she's what Lisa's best friend, yeah. Lisa's mm-hmm. confidant. Yeah. And they she just come been over. Lisa. She's cute. Yeah. No, Michelle and Mike have this very awkward <laughs> semi sex scene where 
you know, did you know chocolate is a symbol of love? And like they and the feed each other chocolates. It? He makes these weird faces. He acts like a toddler. He does. He acts like a child. Yeah. Like when when he she wants to take his shirt off, he like lifts arms his up. arm up. No, she says she arms says, up. She says arms up. Yeah, she says arms up. Oh my god. I know. Like I, that's what I say to our daughter. I it's know. Time to change. Like, okay, arms up. Let's go. We gotta get ready for bed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's those little things. Um, I mean, it's very hard to kind of keep track of what's going on because there isn't really a through line. Well, and especially because halfway through the movie, two of the actors dropped out. Yes. So then all so of a sudden there's replaced. new actors. There's new actors filling in. I don't in. even know if they're the same characters or yeah. they're new characters. So I don't even think they're given a name. Yeah. Um, Lisa for whatever reason, decides to break up with Johnny and then starts spreading lies that he hit her. Yes. But she only mentions it once. Yes. Um, there's Lisa's mom, who is a very interesting character. Woo. The conversations are very unnatural. It's very weird. It almost... It's very... The way she delivers her lines is she's reading it from a it's script. literally reading She's not it. acting. She's right. reading it. It's like mm -hmm. the lines are like, oh, hey, you know, I'm sick and tired of all this. And you know what? It's official. I have cancer. Yeah. And then Lisa's response is like, oh, mom, they're they're curing people every day. Yeah. Like, curing. Like she's like, she immediately comes not, out with, oh, I have breast cancer. <laughs> so stupid. I didn't know, but apparently they're curing breast cancer, guys. guys it's, they're curing it's a, There's a cure. The cure has been found. If um, only. If only. But, and so... According to Tommy. According to Tommy. When he penned <laughs> this, he believed cancer was being Aww, cured. Oh, that's actually really sweet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard to to kind of keep track of, of all of these... There's the psychologist. The psychologist. Or psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Peter. Psychiatrist. Peter! That's Peter. his name. The psychiatrist. A friend. Another friend. Right, who's a friend. But, yes. like... No, he, he doesn't seem like he wants to be there. And, uh -uh. and he really doesn't because he's one of the actors that left the production. Yes. Uh -huh. And they play football all the time. Football. Which is just standing in a formation throwing a football yeah. to each other. I yep. mean, that's the kind of football I can get behind. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like the least athletic. Right, yeah. I don't have Wait, to tackle I, I anybody. Do anything. We're just throwing. Cool, I'm cool. done. Cool, I can catch. Um, the, the movie basically goes throughout where it shows Lisa telling people that she doesn't love Johnny anymore. And but she not telling but Johnny. But not telling Johnny. She tells yeah. every single person she hates him except him. And then when he comes home, right. she's like the most loving future right, wife right. ever. It's it's mm -hmm. very odd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the notable scenes that stands out to me is the infamous Chris R scene. <laughs> Best actor. Best actor. Chris so, R is the best actor. Apparently, uh, the orphan that, that Johnny's been taking care of, Denny, falls into debt with some drug dealer, criminal guy. Yeah. I don't know. And so, uh, named Chris R. I love that it's Chris, Chris R. R. Like, so you know another... There's no other Chris There's in the no movie. other Chris's. So why is it specified that he's Chris R? This is the Chris R. And so... You know, he comes in and he's threatening Denny and he's like, where's my money, Denny? Yeah. And Denny's like, I don't know what you're talking they, about. They reuse the soundbite twice. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so he winds up holding a gun to Denny's head yes. and threatens him. Yes. Johnny comes in and saves the day. They a score, you know, I don't know. They wrestle the gun out of his hand. I'm like, people could have been shot. Oh, so many. it's like, on a rooftop. It it's insane. Oh, but all of a sudden you hear traffic noises. 
I mean, as soon as it gets dramatic and dangerous, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, danger. Like, was it high, like, super traffic? Like, 5 p.m.? Rush yeah, hour. Yeah, rush hour. <laughs> Heightened. They're flying cars. <clears throat> well, my favorite is, I owe him some money. What kind of money? I don't Just know. Green, the green the, kind. The green kind? I don't, American, American currency? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> It's uh the one that has Washington on it. I don't or the some presidents and <laughs> treasurers and whatnot. <laughs> what kind of drugs do you take? Yeah. Oh my god! There, there. I think it's it so was. Dramatic. I think it was Tommy's attempt to kind of put like a a gripping side story, a little tangent of little. Did you know Denny was dealing drugs? Now earlier in the movie, he does come over and asks for ingredients to make cookies. He says, "Can I get a cup of sugar?" I think he's making like pot brownies or something. Well, I, that <laughs> or a cup of sugar is code for something because Colette was there. Cocaine or anything, <laughs> pills, whatever. Oh, hey, so I'm what? here for. So she does it too, Lisa. No, I think yeah. Like, Lisa what if know? Lisa's the dealer? <gasps> And she was freaking panicking on the roof. Yeah. Like, holy what crap. What if Lisa was the dealer? And he comes in, sees Colette, and he's like, oh, uh, a cup of sugar. See? <laughs> Confirmed. But it was, uh, it's the kind of movie that the pacing is off. Yeah. The lines, the lines read as if they were written in another language than translated yes, yes, 100%. into yes. English. And it's it, absolutely yeah. It's very odd because just the way that they say some things, there's there's really isn't that much of rhythm. Basically, the movie ends with Johnny having a birthday party. It's a surprise birthday party that Lisa put together. That Lisa put together, and while she was there, I guess everyone uh, chose this day for everything to come to light. She, like she all of a sudden just starts flirting, making Openly, out with, dancing with Mark. With Mark in, in front, front of Johnny. Of, yeah. Like mm-hmm. this was the... So random. Right. Like this was the yeah. time that she chose to do this. And then she gets mad at him for getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> so right. dumb. Then the uh, as if that wasn't bad enough to twist the knife, she tells Johnny that she's pregnant. Yeah. But isn't pregnant. She's not. She says she did it to make things interesting. To make things interesting. Yeah. She she starts the movie. She acts like such a child. She does. She as far as like I don't think any of these characters are written well. Oh no. The acting except for Chris from R. Chris R. His motivation. I mean, he's the most believable. <laughs> as far as like acting goes, the acting is horrendous across yeah. the board. Yeah. Uh, any scene with Tommy is cringeworthy. Ooh, yeah. They're the special. Mo- the, the movie ends with Johnny reaching his limit of betrayal and he winds up killing himself. Yes. He shoots himself. Yeah. And then Lisa comes up and is stricken with grief in that moment, literally over Johnny's dead body. She's like, oh, Mark, hold me. And he's like, get away from me. Yeah. I never loved you. She says to him, like, "You, I still have you, right? You're not right. going to leave You're not me. Gonna leave I still me. have you. And he's like, you never had me. You'll never have me. Yeah. yeah. Or am I inventing that? A, I feel no, like I no, probably put that in the movie. <laughs> I mean, those lines would have been better, but it's the same thing. Yeah. 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 He says, like, get away from me. Get away from me. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's kind of the way, that's like the rhythm of the movie. So it it's, sounds. It's a tragedy. It sounds, yeah. Yeah. In, in, Although in it's advertised as a dark comedy. Yes. Because it's so bad, it's funny. Right. So that's the thing is, once this movie came out, it 
no one really knew what to make of it because it played itself so incredibly serious. It's so serious. But the acting is so horrendous, it almost comes across like a parody. Well, and it's not just the acting. Like, the set is the bad. The set design. The pillows. The, the pillows like, are, like, wrapped in frayed fabric. With, like, duct tape. Yeah. It's bad. It's and very And all odd. the pictures are spoons. Yeah. because it's silverware. Like, yeah, because it's like when you go and buy like a frame mm-hmm. at the store mm-hmm. and whatever the stock photo is, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They just left it in. They there. just left it. And then like during the sex scenes, they want to make it look like it's raining outside. So the camera pans behind what looks like a window with rain, but really it's a water fountain. It's like one of those water, <laughs> it's a decorative, fall, like water decorative wall water <laughs> fountain things. And the um, stair railing is bent. Bent. Oh yeah. my God. The whole. The it's whole, just, you know, like. The uh, best scenes are when they're showing San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. The exterior scenes yeah. are nice. Like the, the like Mark comes over when he's seduced by Lisa and she's like, you know, spitting game. And he's like, what's all this with. The music and the candles. There's no music, no music, music, no, no candles. candles. <laughs> There's so music for us. For like they put music in post production for like to set the scene. To set the scene, not but then music that's that it. they are then listening it's quiet. to. Yeah, it's not yeah, music they are listening no, to. It's and uh I think one of the most famous scenes from this movie, aside from oh. that, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, that's what I thought you were gonna say. Well, there's that. Uh be and, and uh Tommy Wiseau did that because he idolized James Dean. And there w- is a scene where he's like, oh, you're tearing me apart. And oh, so I did not. Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted to replicate Got it. Got that. It. Got it. And so um, it's the the flower shop scene. I, he goes yes, to I think get. I could do that whole scene. Yeah. He goes to get <laughs> flowers for Lisa and he stops outside this flower shop, walks in very hurriedly, and is like, oh, well, I want the dozen red roses. And there's like this old oh, fat. Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't oh, hi, know Johnny. it was you. You're, You're my you. favorite customer. Hi, doggy. <laughs> yeah. Basically, he there's this little fat pug. Oh, my God. Sitting on the Death's counter. Door. Like, this poor dog looks like he is ready to my, kick the bucket. I thought it was taxidermy until it, yeah. blink, until it blinked. We thought it was stuffed. Yeah. And then it blinked. I was like, oh. Yeah, oh, she gives the flowers. I don't think there's any exchange of money. Oh, he says, here, keep the change. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. You're, You're my, my favorite, favorite customer. customer. Bye, doggy. Bye, doggy. He pets the dog and leaves. Leaves. And, like, I remember the first time me and Carly watched it together, I was like, That was why? sudden. Why? Why? <laughs> why did we need to see any of that? It was so Why was fast. any of that important? I don't know. It almost makes me think that that lady was, like, a friend of his. Or something that was like just really do, excited I feel about like, the movie. I so feel he's like, like, yeah, I'll put you in a scene. Yeah, like he was just doing. They were people were just doing him favors. Hundred yeah, percent. I just feel I mean, like isn't that what like in the disaster artist? Isn't that kind of what they talk about? Is like he's a nice guy. Like he's a likable. He's, he's eccentric and weird, but like he doesn't sound like he's a like a creep, or mm-hmm. right? Um, Although, like, his movie makes him seem like Yeah, his movie made, like, you wouldn't want to get anyone near him. Yeah, The Disaster Artist was a book written by Greg Sestero about his... Which is Mark. Which is Mark. Written by him as, about his experience while making this movie and kind of what has happened since. And a lot of the information that people have learned from Tommy, about Tommy Wiseau, is from that book. Yeah. And they made it into a movie with James Franco and his brother. Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen was in there. Mm-hmm. And um, that movie actually won a Golden Globe and was up for an oh, Oscar did nomination. I didn't know. I, didn't, I knew it was nominated. I didn't right. Know, I didn't know it won. James Franco played Tommy Wiseau and... It 
honestly and, kind of put a nice like period at the end of the movie. Like you watch the room and right. then you watch the disaster artist and you're like, oh, all right. Okay. I get it. It makes sense. I it, got it. It, it. it kind of, I you, I watch the room with different eyes now. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. I, I don't look at it as this weird movie that this guy made in his basement he thinks no. is like a masterpiece. Right. I see it as someone who. He had a passion he project. He had a passion. He just. Just like Sam Raimi with Evil Dead. Yeah. Had a passion project. Did not have the vision of Sam Raimi. Right. Right. You know what I mean? He didn't care what happened, how it went. He just wanted to make a movie. movie. Just wanted to make a movie. And, you know, I can't fault him for that. No. uh Uh-uh. You know, he just wanted to make a movie. And I'm entertained. Not for the reasons he wanted me to be entertained. But I'm entertained. (laughs) Really, really super quick story. And then we're going to get to your your, your theories here. My ideas. So, um, we have a friend from high school who actually went to one of the midnight showings of The Room and Tommy Wiseau was in attendance and he and and this friend from high school sat next to him. Yes. She didn't know it was supposed to be serious. She yeah, she didn't know how to react yes. to the movie. Because she was sitting right next right to him. Right next to him. So the whole audience was like laughing at scenes because they were like so goofy and over the top. Like, are you what? Really? Yeah. And the acting sucked and all this. But he was sitting right next to her. So she was acting as if this was like a serious oh. art house film. <laughs> So every time, like, Tommy was, like, Johnny was, like, betrayed yes. by Lisa, she would be like, <gasps> <laughs> Now, this was in, like, the early 2000s, wasn't it? Like, it when was the when movie it started was still touring. relatively fresh. It's when it's, it was started touring, like, 09. No, oh, 09, oh, 10, 11. Oh, all right, never mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, so I have two theories. Theories. Um, and these are things that I had not noticed before, but I picked up on our most recent time watching it, which yeah. is saying something because we've watched this. We've so watched many this movie times. so like I literally so cannot times. count how many times we've seen. This I could movie. shadow cast this movie. We watch it multiple times a year. Oh, t- oh. Um, my first thing is that neither Johnny or Lisa know how to have a relationship. They're mm-hmm. not good okay. at having a relationship. I mean, that's clear. Lisa's role model is her mom, who is obviously miserable. And she's very, like, materialistic. Uh-huh. Money, and she's yeah. been divorced. Right. And she constantly is telling Lisa that she needs to stay with Johnny regardless of how she feels because she needs financial stability. Yes. Um. But then on the flip side, her sh- she's not following her own words because she's tried to do that and is now divorced and miserable. Right. Um. And then, not to mention, dying from breast cancer. Um, Apparently. But supposedly. She'll be supposedly. It's all right. Um, I even wrote on here, I said, possible lie? <gasps> Question mark, exclamation point. Lies? Um, Lisa is much younger than Johnny, but they've been together for seven years. So that yes. makes me think that they got together when she was pretty young, like probably like 20. Uh-huh. Um, and so that this might be like her longest relationship she's ever had. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that Johnny is controlling. And emotionally unavailable. And I said this, I said he buys gifts and gives empty compliments because he thinks that's what he needs to do. Oh, but damn. his main motivation is sex. Um, so for Lisa, because this is her longest relationship because she's so young, all she knows is that sex equals happiness and a good relationship. Um, and she knows that when she gets gifts and compliments, yeah. just like in the beginning yeah. of the movie, then, oh, gotta have sex. I guess that's what, oh, yeah. that's a signal. Yeah, gotta have Got sex. Got it, right. Um, 
So, so for example, with him being like, um, that's him being controlling without he, you know, yes. without meaning to yeah. be honestly. Yeah. Right. Um, but then being emotionally unavailable, he never shows um, that he understands her, and so like they never have a conversation. No, really, and so, they like, don't. He just shows up. They have sex. He leaves. Yeah. Um, there's very little there's a point interaction in the movie where she's upset. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of irritable and he's getting mad at her. And then she says, I just had a, I'm tired. I had a long day. She has to explain how she's feeling. And then he says, oh, it's okay. You're fine. Like he's mad at her. Right. And then he doesn't, he can't read his own future life to future tell life. that she's irritable. She has to tell him. You know what I mean? And uh, then he backs off. I mean, this this could be just Tommy Wiseau's trans, like, right. like inability is, to write a so character. So I should have prefaced this with, I have a feeling that these things that I kind of touched on, touched yeah, on yeah. is something that he wanted to get across, but didn't do it successfully. Like, if this story was in the hands of, of an accomplished else. writer, yes. this would right. would not have been as bad. Yes. Um, then I said, so he can't, he's emotionally unavailable for her, but on the flip side, even though by the end of the movie, well, by the m beginning of the movie, honestly, she's over him. She's right. done. She still can tell when he's upset, knows his favorite pizza, gets it ahead of time. Cause she knows she, he had a bad she day at work. She already ordered a pizza. She already ordered the damn pizza. pizza. And she plans a whole party for him. Yes. For his birthday. Right. So it's like, even though. He's like in love, madly in love with her, doesn't understand her emotionally. On the opposite end of things is she is out. She fell out of love, but she's still like trying to be supportive with certain things. Because the, the gift giving acts of service thing, mm -hmm. that's been established in their relationship. Oh, totally. Like that's all they, uh, yeah. that happens. Yes. That's right. it's like, And she was really young when they first done. started dating. And to her, with her mom as a role model, she was probably like, holy crap, this guy's got money. He's loaded. Right. I'm good. You right. know? Um, so then it said, uh, so I wrote, um, so now that she's faced with a wedding because they're planning their wedding. Right. She, reality is slapping her in the face. And she's realizing that she sees her friend, Michelle, who is having a lot of fun living her life dating. Um, and Lisa realizes that she's missing out and all she wants to do is live, live, live. live. Wow. Right. That's right? what she says. I want to live, 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 live. Like it's, it's a typical situation. And we've seen this with amongst our group yeah. of friends where people get, you know, uh, cuffed up too early mm -hmm. in, yes. in their life. Yes. They get married. Cause they think that's what they're supposed right. to do. They get married, whether it's because they're like religious reasons mm -hmm. or family reasons. They, they feel like they have to get married super young. And then once they hit like 25, they realize like all of the early times of their twenties where they out. could be partying or having fun or just not having such a serious tied down relationship. Yeah, right. Like they messed they started up acting like four year olds when they were 20. Exactly. Cause they thought that's what they needed. Exactly. To do. So then I wrote that because she recognizes that, like she sees Michelle having fun with her little boy toy. Yes. And she's not. And theoretically she's only been with Johnny because they started dating when right, she was really young. Right. So, she sees Mark and is like, oh, well, you're a nice piece of eye candy. Yeah. So she seduces him, but it's extremely awkward. It is very awkward. Because she's only ever been with one person. Right. And so Johnny, she doesn't know 
like right and so johnny it's like here's boob i'm ready done Done. yeah i'm breathing i'm breathing um so then sex is amazing which to her is oh i'm in love Mm. and so she's like i've never had sex like this with johnny so this must be love this is it um, the true stuff. And so then she wants to end it with Johnny, but she also doesn't want to, quote, break his heart. Because mm. she says that over and over and over right. and over. Um, so in a really twisted way, she makes it obvious um, by dancing and making out with Mark at the party so that Johnny will end it for her because she can't make a decision for herself. Wow, you did a whole psyche I'm telling eval. you. You did a whole psyche I'm telling eval you. on her. Like, no matter how much we've seen this, I saw you know, this this most recent time and I was like, what? holy crap! Now that she's kind of, no pun intended, she got her groove. You know, she's kind of finding her sexuality. Um, There's this random guy at the party to his girlfriend says, Lisa looks hot tonight. Lisa looks hot tonight, yeah. And um, I think it's because she finally is coming into herself. Uh And she feels feminine and is like exuding sexuality. Because she's finally, quote, living. Living. And made someone, she convinced someone to have sex with her instead of someone else convincing her to have sex. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's that theory. That's a whole theory where she I mean, is like a virginial kind of you, naive girl. Okay. I would. Okay. I would venture. I don't think that's necessarily a theory. As in you or un, you unlocked what the true motivation of Lisa. For Lisa. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. She's the. She's like. She might be the main character. She really wait, might be. Wait. Wait. Because she's trapped in the room. Okay. She doesn't uh, who go goes to work. Through, who goes through the most change? Lisa. I mean, yeah, the, I mean literally obviously Johnny goes Johnny from goes living from to being, death. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but at the end, Lisa. she goes from this like proud whatever to this like remorseful. Well, she goes from like a homebody to like she blossomed kind of. Wow. Right? Okay, so that's the end. I'm so sorry that went on way longer than I wanted it to. But, and I've never, I think maybe I just got so used to watching the movie and doing other stuff while it's on in the yeah, background. It's, it's like we... And we, I'm so yeah. desperate to find a reason behind this movie that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think you did like actually a, a deep like film school analysis of Lisa, which I thought was really cool. Which I tend... I mean... <laughs> I, I know, like I think I think as a character, you, you broke it down, which is good. Um, Could you imagine if someone... Good at writing, good at filming, good at directing. Did, like, what if Christopher Nolan did this? Woo! Like, we would be like, oh, you know, it'd be very dark. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, th- this—that's the thing I uh, would have to say about this movie in general is when we first started watching it right after, right in the beginning of college, it was <laughs> it was just a what the freak? Yeah, yeah it was just like a, a what weird, the a fever dream. It was like yeah. what are we watching? It was just like this weird little funny goofy yeah. thing that we just come across and, and I think we were more for more focused on how bad it was. How bad it is. Rather than what was he trying to do? And, and like, you know, that's the thing. I never really thought about what was he trying to do because, like, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was so, like, it was so bad. Like, it's one of those movies, like, if you think about a movie that's so bad it's good, I would say, like, Killer Clowns. (gasps) But this is not like that. This movie is just bad. It's bad across the board. Like, people try to say that it's not the worst movie ever made, that Trolls, what, Trolls 2 or whatever is the worst movie. And I'm like, no. 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 I mean, this is, this movie is, it's just cringe from top to bottom. It like is. Every, epi- every scene is just cringe. Yeah. You're like, what? 
I mean, that being said, I think this leads into my rating. Okay. Um, so I'm, out, I'm very interested. So out of, I'm basing it on this most recent viewing. Okay. All right. Solely. Okay. Because That's I feel fair. like my That's opinions fair. about this movie are changing I as know. I'm getting older I and know. as time is passing. Um, and so I would say out of five spoon stock <laughs> images, out of five spoon stock images, I'm going to give this a two. Uh-huh. I know. Uh-huh. If you were to ask me this, Six right at no 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 like i would say <laughs> I like, like it's a very recent development it's, it's to the point where i i like for me i you know we used to watch this movie multiple times a year and a, half funny. of the fun was to just have it on in the background not really pay attention do other stuff mm-hmm. and then every once in a while you look up and you're like what the hell like it, like, it kind of oh, had that, that scene right. right right or we would bring it over our friend's house and we would have a couple of drinks and watch and be like oh my god isn't this crazy yeah. and our friends would be like what the hell yeah. You know, it was like a spectacle and it was kind of like a like a freak show of movies. Mm -hmm. As I'm watching it now, I'm like, there are other bad, cheesy movies that are better that I feel like maybe I can get away with watching this like once a year as like a (gasps) yearly thing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. It's just the kind of thing. This relationship's not working. I don't like you anymore. Oh my gosh! Oh, um, Johnny sucks. I don't like him anymore. He's not. He's not my friend. He's not my friend. I don't like him anymore. I yeah. I I mean, that's just that's just where I'm at with it. I just it's the kind of thing where I feel like maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's because I'm at a different point in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just it's lost its Uh, charm for me. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm not going to throw away the DVD. Like. You know, any I, I feel nostalgia yeah. anytime I see this movie or hear the music from it. I always, yes. you know, get giddy because it reminds me of those, yes. you know, in our, ta- we, our good our, times, our good times when we were in college and you know working in the before kid times, the, the before <laughs> child times, and you know working at Starbucks. And, oh my god! You know, slinging yes. drinks and and you know yes. staying up late at night, going into work at three a.m. still drunk. Like yep. it reminds me of all those kind of fun times. Yeah. Um, so for that, for nostalgia, it gets the two spoon pictures. No, okay. So no, out of five football playing bunnies. Football playing bunnies. I give it five. You give it five? I really do. Yes, I really do. That's why I'm so sad. Is it because No, it's not because it's a good movie. No, is it because of these headcanons you've come up with? No, not at all. And you're seeing a deeper story in between the lines? uh -uh. Although it helps, but no. True. No, it really, for me, it really is purely comfort food. It's like... If I am having a bad day or I've been having a bad week, there I'll, I will I'll sit and be like, I need the room. Okay. You know, like I'd like you hit it on the head. Like I need it for nostalgia. That's the comfort food for me is I can just sit on the couch under my heating blanket with like my coffee and just watch it. And I usually end up thinking about other stuff, but it's like just to hear the music and the horrible dialogue. Okay. You know, like. I recommend this movie all the time to people. Just I, know what you're getting into. Well, yeah, of you know, course. I, mean, that's I what don't I tell, tell them it's good. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't sure. tell them it's good. Right. Um, no, I def- hard five. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I no, I can see where you're coming from. I think maybe it I gives me a warm feeling inside. And I feel I like, like maybe to have that feeling movies, after a horrible day at work. I maybe I feel like other movies have replaced that for me. Okay. You know, yeah. like I've I kind have many of. Movies. I've kind of 
uh, started to feel that way a little bit towards Evil Dead now. Oh, I would agree with that. No, yes, it's something yes. to that effect. Um, yeah. I would say the only thing with the Evil Dead compared to this is how much Bruce Campbell, as amazing as he is, like the movies is him yelling the whole time. Yeah. So if I'm okay having a loud, noisy movie on, right? then yes, I will go to Evil Dead. But like the room is pretty chill. It's chill. Yeah. You know, so. There's not a whole lot going which on. Which is also why I enjoy just like vegging out. Yeah. Becoming I mean, brain dead half, for an hour and a half. Half the fun is actually making fun of this movie, oh, I which is, I think, so which is why I think we really gravitated towards it because it was like we would watch it and we would like do our own like Mr. Science Theater 3000. Oh, yeah. We would like roast the movie as it was going on. Well, and we quote it daily. All the time. Like we literally do. Daily. Well, I mean, that being said, The Room, it's something, it's, it's, it's an odd piece of pop culture phenomenon. Yes, I don't yes. really think any movie before this has been made. I don't really see any movie since, especially with the way things are with social media now. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't see anything else. I've being had like people this. suggest movies to me when I tell them I like The Room. Yeah. And it just doesn't. It's not the it same. It doesn't. Uh-uh. It's not the same. Uh-uh. Nope. So, fair listeners, our next episode... I kind of gave a spoiler I know. unintentionally she, at she the end. She dropped it, but it's fine. I mean, at the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> our next episode is episode number 17. And Dang, already. Already. Dang. We're killing it. Uh, episode number 17, and we are going to be looking at a little piece of pop culture, yeah. mid-90s yeah. Americana. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a perfect snapshot. Ooh, pre nine eleven, pre nine eleven world mm-hmm. snapshot of what the mid nineties were. Yes, in a certain time and a certain place. And this movie is the quintessential Kevin Smith masterpiece <laughs> known as Clerks. Oh yes, this was only my second time watching it. Right, forgot that it was in black and white. Right, right. So then when it started, I was like, what? As it went on, it's so good you forget it's black yeah, and white. Yeah, I mean, if I yeah. started making up colors, yeah, oh. <laughs> I was like, no, his hat was red. <laughs> it's like, no, it, totally, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Clerks. Uh, it's it's a little offbeat. Uh, you look at it now, it's dated, but it's not one of those movies that you look and you go, ooh, this doesn't oh, hold no. up. You, yeah. you look at it because it is exactly that. It's a snapshot. It's mm-hmm. a time capsule mm-hmm. of 1994, which is the year it came it out. It is. But yeah, yeah. 1994, it's a, it's a time capsule oh, to like Pre- the early 90s. Uh, very beginning of AOL. Yep. All that. So, yeah, go watch it. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. Prepare thyselves unless you have it <laughs> Go already. to your local library. Yes. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> All right, fair listeners. This is Mikey. And Carly. And this has been the Midnight Picture Show, Mark. <laughs> You're an expert, Mark. I already ordered a pizza. <laughs>